Welcome back to Adam and the Swede, episode 19. I am Martin Lidholm. I'm Adam Robinson. Starting off in England, where we had games both during the weekend and some in midweek, just as in Italy and in Spain. But first, we're going to talk about PFA Premier League team of the season that has been released. We have... David De Gea in goal. We have Cad Walker at right back, Fertongen and Otamendi at centre back, Marcus Alonso at left back. In the midfield we have David Silva, De Bruyne and Eriksen, and then attacking we have Salah, Kane and Aguero. So in total, five Man City players, three Tottenham players, one for Man United, one for Liverpool, and one for Chelsea. So, Adam, do you agree with this team, or is there anyone else you think should be in there instead of someone? Um, well, no, I I like the team. I'm kind of surprised Alonso made it um, as a Chelsea fan. He's been, but he's been pretty consistent, I guess. Um, I'm I'm just glad they got Kane and Salah. Um, Aguero's been kind of hurt, so you could maybe make an argument for someone else, yeah. maybe. But he's been also really good. Uh, what do you think? I was kind of along the same lines with both uh, Alonso and uh, and Aguero. I was thinking for Alonso, I was thinking, okay, there, which who who else could be in left back? And I was thinking of someone like Fabian Delph, who's been playing brilliantly for City all season. Yeah. At a position that's not really has been a position he has played earlier. So mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe Fabian Delph in there. And instead of Aguero, I was thinking of someone like Roberto Firmino, who's been yep. vital to Liverpool's success, who's been really good this season. And as you mentioned, Aguero has been good, but he hasn't played that much based on injuries and stuff. So, But at the same time, he's still scored a lot of goals. I think it's over 20 goals in the Premier right. League this season. So, so He's still been really great. You can also make an argument for someone like Raheem Sterling, even mm-hmm. though he had a great first half of the season compared to the second half as as great but his first half was really good when he scored came in and goes in like every game right yeah I know he did save him a few times against those lower teams um I guess they probably put in Aguero just because when he was healthy he was really really good yeah and it was throughout the Mm -hmm. season like you mentioned so um speaking of uh Salah Kane De Bruyne Silva I think they have to be in there with without a doubt Yep. Those are probably the first four players you would name. Then I agree with the choices of Eriksen, Walker, and Fertongen. And then you can speak of the goalkeeper. It's either De Gea or Ederson for for City. And for me, I think De Gea has made enough game-winning saves. For example, the one versus Aguirre in the Manchester derby and the one versus Liverpool at Anfield. And I think uh, Ederson has also been fantastic, but I think... De Gea is, is the right choice anyway. Yep, I, w- I would go with De Gea also. Just by watching them, you could tell that De Gea kept Man U in the top four, I mm-hmm. think, because they were up and down uh, throughout the season, but he never really wavered too much. Yeah. There wasn't a game where he mm-hmm. got like destroyed. And so, um, yeah, I, I'd agree that's the, that's the right move. And then uh, speaking of finally of Otamendi, I've questioned him a lot earlier, but I think he has had 
a good season and there's really not anyone else to choose either at center back because well you were saying Lovren <laughs> that was a that was a joke <laughs> yeah. then uh, I was speaking of uh, Alderweireld but he has barely played any games right y- you can't really pick any of United's center backs you can't re- really pick any of Arsenal's or Chelsea's center backs either because they haven't been good enough at a consistent level yeah the only other center back I maybe could think of is Van Dijk but I think Odomendi has had a better season than Van Dijk so yeah I would, I would pick Odomendi over yeah you can't season. really pick Lover either. <laughs> no, no, you can't. No, not at all. No, I th- uh, so for the most part, I think they got it right, and we yeah. a couple of questionable um, moves. But you could make a case for for everyone, all there. all the players. Yeah. Moving on to the games this weekend, where Manchester City were crowned champions. First, they did their job by going to Wembley and beating Tottenham three to one off the goals from Gabriel Jesus, Ilkay Gundogan, and Raheem Sterling. City got back on track after a tough few few weeks or a week at least where they lost to United and when they got knocked out by Liverpool in the Champions League. And in the end, as you said, this win also led them to the Premier League title based on what United did the following day. Yep. And City have deserved to be champions, of course. The, the league has pretty much been done since the <laughs> since the turn of the year. They ruled the league for pretty much 95% of the season. They've only slipped a little bit here in the end when they lost to Liverpool in in, in the Premier League the fourth three game yeah. in January and then when they lost to United recently but other than that they've been brilliant and when you have 87 points after 33 games it's a fantastic <laughs> yeah. fantastic number the Chelsea team in 2004-2005 they had the record of 95 points in a, in a season and based on the fact that City only need to have get 9 points out of the final 15 to beat that record yeah. It's a fantastic achievement, and right. of course, it's always a fantastic achievement when you, when you're already champions with five games left to play. Right? Yeah, yeah. It takes a lot of the load off. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a bummer for them that they're not in the Champions League anymore. Yeah. But um, yeah, incredible season. They deserved it the entire way. Um, you're right. Since like beginning of February, it really hasn't been uh, a contest. <laughs> no. But uh, they've hung on, and Man U made a couple runs, and. They they stayed the course and you can't can't say anything really bad about them. And this is also the kind of result that shows why City are the champions with five games left to play. Tottenham be, been strong at Wembley. They've yeah. won against United. They won against Liverpool and Arsenal here. But City won confidently in in this match and they won the shot seventeen to eight and yeah stuff like that. So and dominated them. Mm-hmm. It's it's it was their putting the putting the cap on the on the season. And we also have to speak about Raheem Sterling once again, another goal in this remarkable season, even though it's been going down a little bit dip in form from lately, especially in the game when in against United when he missed chances left, right and centre. Yeah. But he got his seventeenth goal in the Premier League this season. And Adam, if someone told you that that in August that Raheem Sterling would score seventeen goals in the Premier League, what what would you have said? No chance. <laughs> you were lying. Um yeah, hi- him and Salah have just come out of nowhere mm-hmm. this year, and they're not typical goal not scorers. Typical goal scorers, yeah. No. So they've they've had tremendous years, and that's why I think you can make a make a case for him instead mm-hmm. of Aguero. But um, yeah, he's just he's been him and De Bruyne have really run that midfield. Yeah, I think he has improved a lot under the Guardiola this season. His confidence has grown. Yep, and he's scored many big goals especially in the first half of the season when he mm-hmm. scored those winners I can remember against Southampton for example in the 96th right. minute and stuff like that so yep. 
great season for Raheem Sterling, even though I think he would himself would have liked to be more consistent than he yeah. has been. But he did enough for, yeah. for this team. On the other side of Manchester, the following day, United lost at home 1-0 to West Bromwich to hand the title to Man City. And of course, this was tough for United fans to take. But in the end, it was starting to become in- inevitable that City were going to win the league. And I think many United fans take this scenario over losing to City in Derby last, last the previous weekend and right. giving them the title in, in, the, in the Derby game. So, yeah. of course, it's tough for them to see City as champions. But in the end, it was inevitable. And this yeah. was way better than... Giving losing it in the derby. Yeah, they didn't they didn't celebrate in front of you. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what. Uh, if if you were gonna lose, you're gonna lose this way. Yeah, much much better <coughs> than having losing to them yeah. and then having them celebrate right in front of you. At the same time, it's embarrassing for United to lose at home versus twentieth place West Bromwich. Yeah, it's a pretty how, bad how, loss. How, how is it even how is it even possible? West Bromwich have been pretty much horrendous all season. Yep. And everything speaks for them going down. They have four games left to play. They are nine points away from safety. And therefore, it's uh, shocking by United to lose versus West Brom, especially at home. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you don't even score <laughs> one goal against them. But they must have just checked out this year. I, I don't know. I got nothing yeah. for you. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Yesterday, United got a little bit of revenge. They traveled to Bournemouth, one to nothing after goals from... Chris Smalling and Romelu Lukaku, and I found a funny statistic that Chris Smalling has scored more away goals in 2018 than Arsenal in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. Yeah, and now it's almost impossible for United to miss out on the top four. They're 14 points ahead of Chelsea in fifth, and even though Chelsea have a game in hand, Chelsea have five games left to play, and that means that Chelsea have to win every game and United have to lose every game in order for United to miss out on the Champions League right. next next season. And I don't see that happening. I, I see like the possibility of that happening is like less than one percent. Yeah. Because <laughs> especially since three of United's four remaining games are versus Brighton, West Ham, and Watford, and <laughs> if United cannot win one out of those three games, they don't deserve to play in the Champions League anyway. They don't and then <laughs> they also play Arsenal at home. And Arsenal haven't got a single away point in the Premier League after the turn of the year, so probably win that game too. Yeah, that's just that's that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. And also, United are in great position to finish second forever for whatever that is worth. Right, <laughs> doesn't make I a mean. difference finishing second to fourth really, but they're four points ahead of Liverpool in third. Both have four. Both teams only have four games left to play, and considering Liverpool, we most likely focus more on the Champions League. Since they're already in a great p- position to finish in fourth, I think uh, United should not drop the gap betwi- towards them since United only have the FA Cup and the Premier League to focus on. Yeah, I think they'll be they'll stay in yeah. second place there. Um, I think it's a kind of a good consolation prize, I guess, because I mean you don't get anything from it. But Man City had kind of a an abnormal year, and they yeah, they destroyed everyone. So you were you were first place in in the second tier, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I, I would I would take that um well because yeah. Liverpool and uh Chelsea and Tottenham all had their all had their moments this mm-hmm. year and you stayed at yeah. stayed at the top. Speaking of Liverpool, they got an easy three 0 win at home to same Bournemouth side on Saturday. It was an easy win for them. They killed they killed Bournemouth, their shots were twenty to six and the possession was sixty to thirty eight. 
and a fully deserved victory for the home team. And of course, once again, Mo Salah scored. Who would have thought anything different? Right. This is his 30th goal in the Premier League this season. And uh, the most goals in a Premier League season since the league changed to 38 games per season is 31. And that record is held by Alan Shearer, Cristiano Ronaldo and Luis Suarez. And Salah has a great <laughs> chance to break his record. <laughs> yeah. Or their record, of course. All, all he needs is two goals in four games. Of course, he might not play in all of these games considering he might be rested for the Champions League. Yeah. But still a great chance for for Mo Salah to break the record of Moscow scored in a 38-game Premier League season. Yeah, even if you put him in two games, I'd I'd like his chances. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just been unreal. I don't know how he's done any of this. Um, in his previous stops, he hasn't looked anywhere near this. Um, so, I, I don't know. It's been a fantastic, unreal season. Oh, yeah. Moving on to Tottenham, they lost at the weekend, of course, against Man City, as we spoke about earlier. And on Tuesday, they tied Brighton 1-1 away. Harry Kane scored, and then only two minutes later, Pascal Gross equalized for Brighton on a penalty and a poor result for Tottenham. And it's one that shows why they're 19 points behind league leaders, Man Man City. They've been very inconsistent this year. Their highest level is unbelievable. Right. Their but their lowest level is way too poor. We've we've seen the highs versus Liverpool and at home to Man United and in games like at home to Arsenal and away to Chelsea. But the and more then even we've Real seen Madrid their the yeah. Zone. But then we have seen their their lowest level in other games like this one when they when they tied Burnley at home and games like that. And if you want a chance for the title, you cannot drop points away to no way to Brighton. Yeah, I don't know if this is just them. Not having really anything to play for, and yeah. so they're they're taking the mm-hmm. foot off the pedal, or they've yeah. been, but they've also been really up and down this yeah. year, and so um, it's it's got to be really frustrating mm-hmm. as a Tottenham fan to for, to be a Tottenham fan right now because, yeah. um, like you said, you know how good they are, and Harry Kane's had a really 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 good yeah. season, but it's been kind of a waste. Yeah, speaking of Harry Kane, of course he got another goal, and he's now got twenty six goals in this Premier League season. He's four behind the. Mo Salah, four games left. Kane still has a little chance of catching Salah based on the fact that he will most likely play in all four of the games while yeah. Salah might be rested. So he has a chance to catch up, but Salah is in a great position, of course, too. Yeah, I think Salah yeah. will hang on, but Harry Kane also can put a hat trick on you at yeah. any time. So <laughs> um, it, it, It'll be interesting, but I, I'd put my money yeah. on Salah. For Chelsea, they traveled to Southampton. They were down 2 nothing. It was looking like it was going to be another miserable day in a <laughs> miserable Chelsea season. But then they had a great comeback. Oliver Giroud scored twice. And the Eden, ha- Eden Hazard scored once. And Chelsea came away with a 3-2 win. And uh, I was speaking to Adam yesterday and said that Chelsea might have a li- little chance to reach the top four, actually, because they play Burnley... They play Burnley tonight, and if they if they win that game, they're only four points or five points behind Spurs with four games left to play. So yeah. still a little bit of a chance, but uh, that Morgan is not impossible to catch. But of course, Chelsea would have liked to win previous games. For example, I was mentioning the game against West Ham. If they had won that, and if they won against Burnley, if yeah. they win against Burnley later later today, they would they would only be three points behind Spurs. So. Yeah. There's there's a few games that yeah, you can of course the to. game where you lost to Tottenham as yeah, well. Yeah, that one. Um, games against Watford. Uh, mm-hmm. There's there's been a lot of things to point to. So if we don't make the uh, top four, I, 
they only have themselves to blame, really. Yeah, of course. They, they could have um, played played at a higher level than, yeah. than Tottenham did the whole year. But big win. Giroud came through. Hazard came through. And, uh, yeah, it saved what little chance of yeah. getting the top four we have. And this was pretty much the final chance for Southampton. They're in 18th place, yeah. and they're five points behind Swansea in safety. Both teams have five years left to play, so, of course, a little chance, but... So Hannah's to have, have to start grabbing up points in pretty much every game now, and otherwise they will play in the championship next season. Yeah, and of course they have a massive game at home to Swansea in game week 37, and they have to win that one and grab as many points as possible in the other matches, right. see if they can stay up. But it's been a miserable team uh, season for Southampton, a team where you usually see in like seventh or eighth. Yeah, but now when even though they've lost like all of their good players every season, right. but this season it's come back to haunt them, I guess. Yeah, they've they've been able to get away with selling a couple guys to Liverpool and elsewhere, and still, almost Liverpool. Yeah, <laughs> almost, always, and and getting away with it and still finishing top ten. But yeah, this has been a really depressing year, and yeah. um, I'd like to see them stay up because they usually have a couple guys that are fun to watch, but. Um, yeah, they it doesn't it's not looking promising. You're like you're right, they have to win at least one or two yeah. games before that Swansea game. And as for Arsenal, there was another miserable result in a miserable <laughs> season. They traveled to Newcastle on Sunday, lost two to one, and as we mentioned previously, Arsenal have got a, not got a single point away from home since the start of two thousand eighteen in the Premier League. Since the turn of the year they have lost five out of five league games away from home. And they haven't played like the best teams either. They played Bournemouth, Swansea, Brighton, and Newcastle, and of course Tottenham. And that's uh, a list you could expect. But I don't know how you have not grabbed up a single <laughs> point against Bournemouth, Swansea, Brighton, or Newcastle. That is that is embarrassing. Yeah, it's it's really really bad. Aubameyang um, has started off really well, but it hasn't contributed to yeah. wins away. And um, I just I know that they they get. Um, clutch wins that seem to keep Wagner's job, but I don't know how yeah. he he survives this. Now they got drawn versus Atletico Madrid in the Europa League, and I think that will stop them from reaching next season's Champions League. Yep. Atletico Madrid is a better team than Arsenal. I think their defense is much, much stronger. And I think Atletico's attack is just as scary as Arsenal's with Griezmann and Diego Costa. So, And then it gets even harder based on the fact that Atletico have the second game at home. So Yeah. For me, it's 60-40 in Atletico's favor, and if Arsenal don't reach the Champions League again, I think that should be it for Wenger. Yeah, you would think that would be it. I think you're giving them a lot of credit, giving them 40% chance, because yeah. I think Atletico's just going to um, defend them to death, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah, they don't concede any goals. So Right, exactly. Moving on to Italy and the Serie A, and we had a few crazy games over the weekend and of course during midweek starting off yesterday where Juventus traveled to Crotone tied 1-1 and Juve dropped points in the most crucial part of the season now Napoli have been allowed back into the title race the gap is four points in Juve's favor ahead of the clash between the two teams in Turin on Sunday and if Napoli win that game the gap will only be one point and based on the fact that Juve will still have to play both Inter away and Roma away for the final few weeks of the season. This might not be as over as we thought before. <laughs> However, everything <coughs> pretty much depends on if Napoli can win in Turin. Because if they lose, 
it will be pretty much all over. They, I don't think they will catch you if they're seven points behind. No, they would have to have Juventus like yeah. not play the final mm-hmm. like three games. <laughs> so, and of course, away versus Crotone is a game that Juve should win. They shouldn't be drawing away versus 18th place Crotone. Not good enough. And if they want to win versus Napoli this weekend, they have to step it up a few levels. I think the ball tempo has to be higher and they must play more attacking balls instead of just passing it sideways like they did in this game versus Crotone. But they're still, of course, in a great position. Four points ahead of Napoli, playing Napoli at home. Oh, yeah. Even if they draw, that would be, I think, um, a positive. (laughs) Speaking of Napoli, they were able to take advantage of Juve dropping points. They got a big 4-2 win at home to Udinese yesterday, and now they still might have a chance of winning the Scudetto. However, for a while it looked like Napoli were going to lose as well. They were down both 1-0 and 2-1. And uh, in the end, of course, they were able to turn around and win 4-2. And that was vital because if they lost this game, they would have been seven points behind behind Juve out of the game between the two teams. And that's a Morgan they would not be able to catch, especially if they had lost the game against Juve as well. There would be a 10-point gap and it would have been all Impossible, yeah. Um, Yeah, huge win. Huge second half, um, like you mentioned, they scored three goals in uh, in eleven minutes to put Udinese away, and yeah, this this saves their year. Um, the Juventus game will be huge, like you like you said. Um, a, a draw isn't good enough for Napoli. They need to win because mm-hmm. they still, after that, will need to win probably All most of their games. games. Yeah, so. Um, they needed this to save their season. Every yeah. every time you think Juventus <laughs> wins and Napoli draws, that you think that they're going to pull away, but the the reverse happens the yeah. next week, it seems. And mm-hmm. so um, somehow Napoli's yeah. staying with them. And this was the case this week too, because yep. during the weekend, Juventus won exactly, and, right. and Napoli drew. Because Juventus won 3 nothing at home to Sampdoria, Mandzukic, Hervedes and Kedira with the goals. And... Uh, it was a good result, of course, against the Sampdoria team that Juve lost against earlier this yep. season. And at the same time, Napoli traveled to AC Milan and tied nil-nil during the weekend. And Arcadius Milk had a massive chance right behind the six-yard box at yep. the end, but failed to score as, as Donnarumma made a fantastic save. And those are the kind of chances you really, really have to score if you wanna if you wanna win right. win a league title. And uh, Napoli can certainly m- not miss those kind of chances versus Juve on Sunday if they want to have any chance because no. they're not. I don't think they're going to get that many chances versus Juve, especially based on playing away and, and, yeah. and stuff like that. So, right. Um, I think yeah, it's going to be real tough for Napoli because I mean they're both going to come ready to play. Juventus doesn't have Champions League anymore mm-hmm. to worry about, so they're both going to come ready to go. And I think Juventus is stronger at their top, yeah. but Napoli can, like they showed. Um, a couple of days ago, they can spring three goals on you really mm-hmm. fast. So, But so can Juventus. So. As it was interesting in the title race, we had a very interesting round of games in the battle for top four. It was massive games both during the weekend and on Tuesday and Wednesday. Of course, starting up this weekend on Sunday with the big, big Rome derby between Lazio and Roma. There was an extremely important Rome derby. Both teams had 60 points before the match. And in the end, neither team was able to grab the advantage in the battle for a place in next season's Champions League. And I think a 0-0 draw was a very logical result. 
both teams only had one shot on target each. <laughs> so it's very when it's that that's the case. It's very hard to actually score a goal. Yeah, no, if you're not putting the the ball towards the goal, it's it's pretty difficult. Yeah. And the day before on Saturday, Inter also failed to win. They tied seventh place Atlanta away from home. Sure, of course, this is a hard place to go to. For example, Atlanta, Atlanta tied Juventus at home. But at this stage of the season, I think Inter need to win in these kind of kinds of games. And at the end of the weekend, they were still fifth, one point behind both Roma and Lazio since all of the three teams tied their yeah. games. And uh, after a weekend of draws, Lazio, Roma and Inter were all able to grab wins during the midweek. Inter on Tuesday with a big 4-0 win at home to Cagliari. And of course, Icardi scored one of the goals. Of course. <laughs> And then both Roma and Lazio replied with wins yesterday. Roma with a 2-1 win at home to Genoa. And Lazio with a massive win in a crazy game away to Fiorentina. They won 4-3. There were red cards for both teams in the first half. (laughs) Fiorentina got a red in the 7th minute and Lazio in the 14th. And then 10 versus 10, the game went back and forward. And in the end, Lazio were able to... To grab the points, even though they were down two nothing, in after thirty thirty one minutes and right. m- massive for Nap- for Lazio to be able to to come back. Yeah, this this score sheet is <laughs> yeah. unreal. It's all over the place, <laughs> and based on the fact that Immobile didn't even score a goal. Yeah, yes. they, they Lazio scored four goals without him, which they they could have used quite a few times this year. <laughs> um, but yeah, two, they both played ten on ten. They were lucky that. Each team had a red card. Yeah. Um, then they had it was seventeen to thirteen in shots in Lazio's favor. So that's I wish I watched that game. That was, yeah. That's crazy. And now Roma are in third with sixty four points. Lazio are in fourth, also sixty four points, and in fifth, Inter with sixty three points. Five games left to play, and it's, this is intense. And of course, in the last in last round of the season, Lazio host Inter. Of course. So yes, wow. <laughs> Yeah. This is gonna be a crazy round of seeing who's who 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 are these two teams get third and fourth to get into the next next season's Champions League. And it's just been intense all yeah. over the place. These these three teams got really lucky that they all they all tied zero zero and they um, all, the then they before, all then managed they all to win. <laughs> yeah. um, in different different ways, Lazio from the skin of their teeth. But uh, yeah, this, this is gonna be awesome. I think it's the best race going right now. Um, yeah, it's that and, the, and then the title that race. That and the title course. race, yeah. Italy's in, insane right now. Yeah, so, and then uh, all of the other leagues are pretty much, pretty much done right. in everything. It's really the only race going yeah, on right yeah. now that I think about it. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to see how mm-hmm. this goes. Speaking briefly of Milan, they tied Torino 1-1 yesterday. And Milan has had a, quite a poor form lately after yep. turning it around with Gattuso and everything. We they thought they had a chance. They, yeah, <laughs> and they, f- they, f- they fell away from the Bell of the Top 4. They've tied four straight games in the Serie A. The game before that, they lost to Juve, so they now take points behind fourth place. They still have a good chance to finish sixth. They have an upcoming cup final against Juve in a few weeks' time, so it's still been an okay season based on the fact where Milan were when the Montella left. <laughs> right. Yeah, based on uh, where they how they were in the first half, this is I think they'll take it. Um, yeah, of course. And yeah, they can squeak a trophy out mm-hmm. of this maybe um, with a really, really good performance. <coughs> but it would have been cool to see them challenge for real. Yeah. But they'll, they, uh, they're in the driver's seat right now for a Europa League spot, and so hopefully they can at least stay there. As for a league where there's really not 
anything to play for, we move on to Spain and <laughs> La Liga, where Barcelona have a grip of third place. In they ha- got a big win against Valencia, two to one at home against fourth place team, and it's a great performance, of course. And was more of a Barcelona to bounce back after getting knocked out versus Roma in the Champions League, and now they have a. 12-point advantage ahead of Atletico Madrid, even though Atletico have a game in hand, but it's five games left, and if Atletico win their game in hand, it's anyway going to be nine points. Yeah. So this league has pretty, been pretty much done also during, during, yeah. during the whole of the spring. I think it's been done for a while, right? Yeah, and Barcelona have a big game coming up on Saturday, the Copa del Rey final versus Sevilla, so if Barcelona win that game, everything's pleased for them, winning a the double this season. Yep, I think he'll take it. Mm-hmm. Um, the The Champions League knockout was uh, pretty depressing. Of course. But um, uh, two trophies is better than a whole lot of teams can say. So yeah. I think he'll take it. And Barcelona also played on Tuesday in midweek where they got a 2-2 draw at Celta Vigo. And it's an okay result based on the fact that Sergio Berto got a red card and that their lead of the top of the table is still 12 points. So I think yep. they would take in take a draw away to Celta Vigo, even though, of course, they would have liked liked to win the game. Yeah, with a red card, it could have been worse. So mm-hmm. you take this and you run, and I, they'll, unless they lose the rest of their games, I think they'll be, they'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and speaking of Atletico Madrid, they got a comfortable 3-0 win at home versus Levante on Sunday. They have a game today, and they should finish second now. They're three points ahead of Real in third, and they have this game in hand that's coming up tonight. And they should not let that Morgan slip away with only six games to play. And a schedule where they won't face neither Barcelona or Real Madrid anymore. Because yep. they played both of those teams yeah, got those out of twice the already. So, yep. And as for Real Madrid, they got one win during the weekend and one draw in midweek. They won versus Malaga on Sunday 2-1 to one, and then 1-1 one, one draw yesterday versus Bilbao. And really nothing of this makes any difference to their season. As we've said time and time since the turn of the year, they will only be judged on what happens in the Champions League. And if they win the Champions League, it's been a good season. If they don't, it's been a catastrophe. So, yeah, they um, right. It's kind of like we said before. It's it's bizarre to say that they have to win a third straight Champions League to uh, keep Zidane's job. That's the expectations kind of, they've right. built here. Yeah, and and since they did so poorly in the other um, things, they. They they need it desperately. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the Champions League previews, the semifinals were drawn on Friday, and we got some interesting games going. We have Liverpool versus Roma and Bayern Munich versus Real Madrid. And starting off, we're going in on Tuesday in the first leg at Anfield, 2:45 p.m. Liverpool host Roma at Anfield. And then, of course, this is a a draw that. That both teams wanted. Neither neither team would not have much of a chance versus Bayern or Real in right. in two games. I think both of the teams have a chance in one game mm-hmm. in the final versus them. And of course, there's a great chance for either Liverpool or Roma to actually reach the final because I think they're evenly matched up. I think there's not much between the teams. I would say it's 50-50. I think some people had sa- have said that Liverpool are the favorites, but I, I don't really agree because Roma has been been really strong lately especially if Roma can find uh, their highest form based on their inconsistent form this season if Roma can find their highest level I think Liverpool's offensive side of the team is maybe stronger than 
Roma's with Salah, Firmino and Mane. I'd agree. But at the same time, Roma know Salah very well, based on the fact that he played for them between 2015 and 2017. Yeah. They know his strengths and they have seen him in practice. I would also say that Roma's defense have been stronger overall this season. Yeah. They've only conceded 27 goals in the in the Serie A compared mm-hmm. to Liverpool's 35, I think, in the in the Premier League. And uh, based on the fact that Lovren might still start for Liverpool, I think uh, they could still be in t- much of a problem, especially if Zeko plays like he did versus versus Barcelona. Yeah. This could this could be a thriller. It's this going to be really tight and. I think it's important for Liverpool to get a good result going into the game in in Rome with the atmosphere and everything in Rome. It's important for Liverpool to have to have have a lead, and it's also important for Liverpool to not give away to give Roma an away goal because then I think it could be tough for them because I think it's going to be really tough for them going in into that game in Rome. Yeah, based on the fact how Roma were able to play in the game versus Barcelona with the crowd right. behind them, it's going to be a tough prediction. Um, man, I'll pick. I'll I'll take Liverpool by like a goal. So, what's your prediction for the first game at, at Anfield? At the Anfield, um, I'll say I'll say two zero. Yeah, I got the same result. Two two nil Liverpool okay, in the yeah. in the first game. Then we'll see if Roma are gonna be able to turn it around in the following week. I'd say it's not impossible, based on the fact that they beat Barcelona three nil. Yeah, and uh, Liverpool's defense have been all over the place in in some games. So sure. <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see. But yeah. I think Liverpool are gonna win at home, and then we'll see what happens in Italy. Yeah, they need to um, rely on Firmino and Salah to to play how they have been playing, and I think the the first home game is really crucial because, like you said, they know what Roma does to people at home, and what they did to yeah. Barcelona, one of the best offenses in the world. So um, yeah. The first first game is really crucial, but Liverpool seems to play pretty well at home when the mm-hmm. crowd's going, and um, so it should be it should be really fun to watch. And then on Wednesday, the clash between the Giants, two forty five p.m. starting off in Germany, Bayern Munich host Real Madrid, and it's another tight one. I would say Real Madrid are slight favorites. They've started to turn up in the Champions League with big wins versus PSG and Juventus, and at the same time, Bayern haven't really been tested versus Besiktas or Sevilla, so. I would say it's 55-45 or 60-40 in, in Real Madrid's favor, especially based on the fact that they have the second game at home. Yeah. And based on the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo has been starting to turn up in these sorts of games, and he will, of course, score at least one of the legs, if not both, and it's key for Bayern to try to keep him as <coughs> quiet as possible. Yeah, I think Ronaldo um, is the key to this. He's had mm-hmm. a really, really good Champions League and a really good second half of the year so um, prediction for this first game I think it'll be um, Real Madrid 2-1 to one. I think it's going to be a 1-1 one, one in Germany Ooh. but for Bayern if, if they want to go through they have to win at home I think Real will beat them in Spain so they have to win but I don't see them winning it's going to be a 1-1 one, one draw yeah and it'll be hard to stop Madrid from getting at least one yeah. uh, away goal and so that I think that's the biggest thing for the upcoming weekend, we have some weekend previews as usual. And in England and in Spain, we have some cup action, starting off in England with the FA Cup semifinals. This is Chelsea's Tottenham, so it's big chance to get a trophy this season. Yep. It's also a chance for Southampton to get some positives in an otherwise devastating season, starting off on Saturday at 12.45, 12.15 p.m. May United versus Tottenham. <coughs> At Wembley in the semi-final, 
an extremely tight game to call. Tottenham won 2 0 when the sides faced each other at Wembley in the Premier League, but at the same time, United won 1 0 at Old Trafford. It's a chance for Spurs to win their first trophy in 10 years. A chance for United to equal Arsenal's record of 13 FA Cup trophies. Prediction. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> this is going to be tough because neither team is really playing that well yeah. right now at all. Um, I'll say 2 1 Man U. Yeah, I would go with the similar score. I was going to be, I think it's going to be 1 0 Man United. Yeah, I think just. They've been playing a little bit better than Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Tottenham seems like they've they've kind of packed it in this year. Yeah. And uh, so I think De Gea will save the game for them. Moving on to Sunday and the other semifinal in the FA Cup. Chelsea hosts Southampton. Of course, Chelsea are the big favorites here. Nine games out of ten, Chelsea should beat Southampton. They just won 3-2 away to Southampton during the, during, the, during the weekend. They have a chance to win their eighth FA Cup trophy, while Southampton have a chance to win their second their only one they won previously was in 1976. That was actually in a final against Man United, so if they win here, they might have <laughs> that final again. <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. Prediction, prediction. I don't know. Personally, I think it's going to be something around 2-0 Chelsea. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, um, because Chelsea, I think the <coughs> the game a couple of days ago was huge um, to see how Southampton played and know that you can come back and beat them. Um just I, obviously, you should know that you can beat Southampton, but mm-hmm. just mentally doing it. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I'll say I'll say two nil yeah. Chelsea. Yeah, at the same time, you don't really know what what Chelsea team is going to turn up this season. But I think right. when you play FA Cup semi final, it shouldn't be any problems for them to concentrate or turn up. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Moving on to Italy, we have the title decider: Juventus in first place host Napoli in second place on Sunday at two forty-five p.m. You will have a four-point lead, as we mentioned earlier. And if they win here, they will certainly win the Serie A for a seventh straight se- season. If Napoli win, the gap will only be one point. So, massive, massive game. Juve won 1-0 away to Napoli early season. Of course, it was Higuain who scored scored in, yeah, in that game. Of course. And my prediction is a 2-1 Juventus win. This is the kind of games they win. No matter how it looks, they're going to get a win somehow. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll say the same thing, 2-1. I think Juventus is... At their best is better than Napoli at their best, and that's what I'm going off of. Mm-hmm. And in Spain, we have also some cup action. The Copa del Rey final on Saturday at 3.30. It's played at the Vanta Metropolitano at that Madrid Stadium between Sevilla and Barcelona. They only played each other a few weeks ago in La Liga and tied 2-2, a game where Sevilla had a tunnel lead with just a few minutes left. So we know that Sevilla can actually hurt Barcelona if they if they turn up at their highest level. At the same time, Barcelona won 2-1 versus Sevilla at home. This is a big chance for Barcelona to win the double. It's a chance for Sevilla to win a trophy this season. A season that's otherwise been rough for them based on the fact that in the league they will miss out on the Champions League spots for next season. Yeah. Even though they had a decent season in the Champions League where they were able to reach the quarterfinals. Of course, Barcelona are favorites here. I think it's going to be a 3-1 Barcelona win. Yeah, I'll say 3-0 Barcelona. I think they'll put the hammer down and finish finish their season right. Um, yeah, it has been a depressing, kind of a depressing season for Sevilla. It's kind of uncharacteristic for them to be out of the top four, but there's been a few good teams in La Liga, so, you know, someone has to be up. Yeah, you, they maybe didn't expect uh, someone like Valencia to be up right, there like yeah. they've been all season. Valencia's had a really, really strong year. Mm-hmm. 
So, Adam, out of all of these massive games coming up this uh, weekend, which one do you look forward to the most? Well, I'm going to watch the Chelsea game. That'll hurt, probably. <laughs> um, and then I'm really looking forward to, obviously, I'm, as I'm sure you are, it's the, the Juventus-Napoli game. Yeah. I think that's the biggest one of the, the weekend. Um, yeah, it's going to be have to be a crazy weekend of soccer. We have to watch a lot, lot of games. A lot of games right now. FA Cup, we got to watch the Spanish Cup final, and, of course, the Juve-Napoli. So. Right. And yeah, and Man U Tottenham. Um, so yeah, huge weekend. I'm really excited. I don't work this yeah. weekend, so I and then and then you only have to relax on the Monday, and then going back to Tuesday and Wednesday. There's some Champions League action. Right. So. Yep, it picks right back up. Oh, and Chelsea plays this afternoon, so I got to go home and watch that. So um, yeah, we'll be all over the place, but it should be fun. Yeah, we'll be back next week. Next week, thank you for listening. We'll be back on either Tuesday or Thursday, as usual, speaking yep. about this weekend's action and if we're back on Thursday we'll speak about the Champions League of course right. it's going to be a massive few games it's going to be interesting to see who has the advantage ahead of the the second legs Yeah. thank you very much for listening and we'll be back next week thank you